Before I start, ooh, it's on low. Before I start, I want to, um, you know, just give 100% thanks to my dad and my pastor for, you know, being able to, you know, guide us in through God's will through these tough times. Because you know, um, it's unprecedented times we're living in. We don't know what to do or or where to turn to. But thank God we have a a pastor that is really in tune with the Spirit and is a very man of God, and I look up to him so much, and I love him. So if we could just give some some round of applause for our pastor through your phones. But today's my first service to, you know, preach with braces on, so, you know, take it easy on me if I sound a little weird. But, um, you know, I, I do believe that, um, that God has given me a word. My dad asked me to preach Sunday. I didn't know if it was really going to happen. But then, you know, Sunday night, he said it on the live stream that was going to happen, so it's going to happen, but um, I do believe that um, that God does have a word for us tonight. He has a word for me. Um, I mean, if it's if he doesn't have a word for anybody tonight, it's definitely for me, but, um, you know, I just, I just pray that, you know, God will guide me tonight, and hopefully that you guys will be able to hear this word that God has for us tonight. Amen. So if um, you have your Bibles, you can turn to Isaiah 1, uh, 16 through 18. I'm going to turn there too. So good to be here, though. I'm leaving to school next week. Can't wait for that. You know, my mom's a little upset, but I'm happy. (laughs) Um, So Isaiah 1, um, 16 says... Wash you, make you clean, put away the evil of your doings from before mine eyes, cease to do evil. Learn to do well, seek judgment, relieve the oppressed, judge the fatherless, plead for the widow. Come now and let us freeze in together, saith the Lord, through your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow, though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. So tonight I want to preach on the subject of um, the guilt of the Gentiles. So you may be seated if you'd like. You know, you can stand up during the preaching. I ain't going to be very long. But, um, you know, the word, the word guilt is described as a feeling of having done wrong or failed in an obligation. And, you know, we in the world today, we, we face lots of, of guilt and shame in our lives with everything we do. Um, you know, it's a sad truth, but, you know, it, it happens. So, um, you know, we, we face not being able to do a task or, you know, we're given a certain task to do and then we're not able to do it. So guilt and shame comes upon us and, you know, we feel like, you know, just hiding up in the corner. And, um, you know, for example, me and me and my friend, wherever, there's Eddie right there. You can't see him, but I can see him. But um, me and Eddie were, we weren't going to high school at the time. I think we had graduated early, but Cole Milano, he was doing his P7 at the time at the school. And, you know, me and Eddie, you know, decided to go that day because Colton invited us. So, you know, we thought it would be cool to see, you know, what God was doing in his P7. But, um, you know, there wasn't, you know, to start because we got there. There was like no one there. So so me, Eddie and Cole, we went out and we started just inviting students on campus. And um, there was this one guy we went um, we went to talk to because everyone we asked, we they mostly said yes, because, you know, Eddie's a little persistent little guy. But um, but. Um, but we, we asked this one guy, and he, he says no. And um, we're like, we're kind of confused because, like, ain't nobody would say no to us. But um, 
But, you know, Eddie with his persistent self, he's like, why not, bro? He's like, why don't you, why don't you want to come learn about the Bible, bro? Like, God's going to do a work. He's like, he can help you. And so, so then the guy, um, he starts getting real with us. He's, he's, he's like, yeah. So he's like, I don't think that, um, you know, I haven't been living right, and I haven't been in church. I haven't gone to church in years. It's like the only times I go are Easter, Christmas, you know, all the holidays. And he's like, I don't really go. He's like, I don't think that I'm, I'm good enough to join the club or if I'm, you know, I'm right for it. Like, I just don't feel like I have what it takes to, you know, even be in church. And, and you know, Eddie, he went off and started preaching as a kid, if you know Eddie. But, um, but it really, it, whenever he said that, it, it really it hurt me. Because to think that, um, you know, not only him, but there are people in life today that, that have that mentality, you know, that think that they're not good enough to be here, that, that their sin that they committed yesterday or in past years from now, like they're good now, but from years, of, like in the past, they've been, you know, struggling with it and, you know, it's, they've had that guilt just pressed upon their lives and had that burden. And I just, you know, I want to tell you that there's, there's no sin too great that God can't handle. And, and, you know, there's, you have a loving God that's, he's, it's just like in Revelation 3.20, he stands at the door and knock. He's knocking. He, he's not going to barge open that door, but he's waiting for you. He, he can't tell you that, um, you know, you're forgiven until you ask for it. You know, God, we, we ask for um, God to move in a situation. He's not going to, you know, do the exact thing, but he's going to give the opportunity for you to be able to move in that situation. So if you ask, you ask for, you ask for a job, he's not going to, He's not going to just, you know, give you a job, but he's going to give you opportunities to get that job. He's going he's gonna to put forth a path for you, but it's up to us. It's up to us to grab hold of that. And, you know, you have a loving God that, that wants to be here for you. You have a loving church that, you know, really loves you. you may not, it may not seem like it, but there's a God and there's a church and there's people that love you that they're waiting for you to come home. This is your home right here. This is what you need. We're living in the last days. There's, there's not enough time to, you know, be soaking in sorrow or soaking in your own guilt, but you know, God's coming home, and it's time for you to come home to the church so you can get right with God. And, you know, I have a, another story, you know, kind of about guilt. It's, as you know, if you didn't know, I work at In-N-Out. I haven't been working right now, but, you know, I, I still work there. I'm, I'm, a, I'm an employee. And um, one time my boss, <laughs> sorry, I got the giggles because, you know, I can hear my dad. But, um <laughs> One time my boss, he had asked me to, um, you know, complete the buckets of potatoes. And, you know, he's like, I'll be back in two hours. I want them done. And I was like, you know, I was trying to be my confident self. I was trying to, you know, look good in front of my boss. You know, he's, I said, you know, bet. I got you, boss. Say less. I got you. And he's like, oh, he's like, you sound, you sound pretty confident. He's like, you know, I'll give you an hour and a half to do it now. I was like, oh, my goodness. And the reason why, and, like, it might sound as easy as it is, or, it, I mean, it sounds easy for me now because I've been working there a while, but, you know, as easy as it sounds, you know, that was my first time doing buckets. I didn't know how to do it. But I was trying to be confident. I was trying to look good in front of my boss. And, um, you know, as easy as it sounded, I tried to, you know, play it off and, and say that, you know, I can do it. But that's in a, a lot of situations in the, in the church today. We, we, try to, um, we try to set ourselves to like higher standards than, than we're capable of. And it's, and it's not wrong. We, I do believe we all need to set ourselves to as high standards as possible because, I mean, that's the only way to progress or get better. But um, we set ourselves too high, and then when we don't succeed in the, 
in the spiritual tasks that we put forth, like we, we didn't read our Bible for an hour, we didn't pray for 30 minutes, like, you know, we get, we get down on ourselves, and then that's when the mind start, mon monster, excuse me, mind monsters start attacking us, and, you know, he starts telling us, you know, you're not good enough, you think you can't read your Bible for an hour, you can't read 30 minutes, what makes you think you're going to save your family, what makes you think you're going to do this, but I'm, I'm telling you, God is the answer, God's going to be the answer in any situation that you go through. And he said, you know, you got to do this task. You know, you got to get in an hour and a half. I want, I want these six buckets done. And I was like, okay. But he walked away, and I got a little scared. But, um, you know, I didn't, it was my first time. I didn't really know how to fully do it. Like, I've done it with, I did it with others, but it's my first time. He put me on myself because, you know, I tried to sound as confident as I could. So the way it works with these buckets of potatoes, we, there's about a 50-pound sack of potatoes. You, you toss them into the little spinner. The spinner's um, supposed to be the, you know, the, the key to taking off all the gunk and all the, the dirt off the potato. So when that happens, you got to spray out the water, you know, and then you start peeling them and throw them in the bucket. And then once you get one bucket, you move on to the next one. But, um, you know, I was, I was terrified, so I only had an hour and a half. And let me tell you, right now. That time was zooming. I'm telling you, that time, it, for, I'm, I'll say how long it was, but it seemed like five minutes. I was struggling, let me tell you. And, you know, I was not ready, so an hour goes by, I get one bucket done. He gives me an hour and a half to do six buckets. I got a bucket done. It's a bucket an hour. That's not very good. So, you know, and then 30 minutes comes by, it's the hour and a half. I only got half of a bucket done after that. So I have a bucket and a half done. And, you know, he didn't come through, like my boss didn't come by. So I was trying to, I was like, you know what? I was like, maybe I can get five more buckets done, which is crazy, because I only got a bucket and a half. I was like, I, maybe I could get it done before he gets, he gets by. So um, he didn't come, uh, so I was doing as fast as I can. So another 30 minutes goes by, that's two hours. Still wasn't there, I only got two buckets done now. And then the third hour comes by, comes around, and you know, I only had three buckets done. And you know, right as that third hour hit, I hear that was the boss walking over. And I was like, oh my gosh. That's when I started feeling that, you know, that guilt, because of course my manager, you know, he was like, Tristan, he's like, it's supposed to be done hours ago. <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, it was. <laughs> So, I was feeling guilty when you when I heard him coming, you know, and I even got scared because I only had the job for like three months. I was like, oh man, this is it for me. Like I'm already done. But um, you know, I didn't want to, I didn't want to lie to him any more than I already did by saying I was good at doing the the task I was doing. But um, instead of making a bogus excuse, I told him I was like, hey, I'm not gonna lie to you. Like I sounded confident, but that was my first time doing it, and he was just. He ends up telling me, he's like, you know what? He's like, I wish you would have been done because you would have already clocked out. I was like, oh, man, I wish I would have clocked out. But, um, you know, I didn't get the clock out because I had to finish the buckets. So then he tells me, he's like, you know what? He's like, it's fine. He's like, I'll just get someone to help you finish. And then so me and the guy, we finish it out. Not clock out. That was it. But um, I said all of that, said all of that to show you that the situation isn't too different from the church. We, 
like, like I said, we hold ourselves to too high of standards. We, we try to, you know, set us, we set ourselves up for failure before you've even started with the situation. And it's just, it's not right. It's not right of us to, you know, put ourselves through all that mess, put us through all that when we could just, you know, get down on our knees and pray. We can, we can ask God, you know, God, I need your help right now. Like I could have, I could have asked my boss, I needed help an hour in, but you know, I, I didn't, I was holding on to my pride. So we need to let go of that pride. We need to let go of the guilt we have. We just need to lift our hands and worship God and ask him, you know, God, I may not know what to do in this situation, but I know you do. So I'm just going to lift my hands and I'm going to put this situation in your hands. And I know you're going to guide me each step of the way through it. And, you know, Satan, he's going he's gonna to do his best to, you know, make sure we're immobile spiritually. And he's going to make sure that, you know, that we're not, yeah, we're not able. So he, he's, he starts putting thoughts in our head. Like, like I said earlier, he's not, he's going to put those thoughts that, hey, like, you, you think you can't do this task? Like, what, what makes you think you're going you're gonna to win souls? What makes you think you're going to be a minister one day? What makes you think you're going to sing on the platform one day? What, what makes you think you're going to even be here? If you know, if you know my friend Eddie, he wasn't, he wasn't living his best life before, before Cole met him. He was, I'm not going to say that because that's his story, but he, he wasn't living the best life, but he, he probably, five years ago, didn't think he was going to be singing on this platform. Five years ago, he didn't think he was going to be playing that piano, but God, but God's grace, God's grace saved us. And by his grace, we are saved. And just, if you know, anytime you're going through something, just know you can just lift your hands and worship God because he's the savior that gives and he's the savior that does. And we just got to know to let everything go and just let God handle each and every one of these situations. And we got to, we just got to know that when those thoughts come in, you know what, that devil, every time those devils come, every, those, those thoughts, those mind monsters that try to come in our mind, say we're not good enough. That's how we know the devil is a liar. It says in, in scripture, the devil is a liar because my God went to Calvary and I know I can be free of my sins, free of my guilt, free of my shame. And if you believe it's true, I, I challenge you to lift your hands right now and worship that God, you know, that loves you and can handle you in each, serve, each situation, you know, because we serve a mighty God. Amen. Amen. And, um, you know, going back to the scripture, we go to... Um, 2 Samuel um, 12, sorry, 12, 7 through 13, I'm sorry, um, yeah, and then Alex, if you help me out a little bit, you know, and um, giving a little backstory before I, you know, I, I dive into this scripture, um, this, it's about um, King David and, you know, his army, they, they went and they had to, they had to fight a battle, but instead of going, King David decided, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to just skip out on this battle. He's like, my army's going to be fine. I can just, I can sit at, I can sit at home in my palace just chilling. So he decided that that's what he was going to do. So when he decided to do that, we thought, he thought that going out and patrolling, paroling on his little nice balcony late at night. And he should have known better that he should have been well asleep at that time. It was I don't know what time it was. It was probably like two in the morning. But um, he knows what he was doing, going out on that balcony at two in the morning. At the night, he should have been sleeping, going out and doing things that he shouldn't have been. And while he goes out, he sees a, a naked Bathsheba showering. He knew what he was doing late at night. There's a danger being alone in the nighttime, I'm telling you. There's a danger being in the dark where no one can see it's just you, you and your flesh. 
And I'm just telling you that it's just like us today. We don't need to be up in the late hours of the night on our phones or wandering, going wherever we need to go. Even if you don't think it, if you think it's harmless, you think it's, you know, I'm not, I'm not doing anything these late in the hours. I'm, you know, I got the Bible app on my phone, so it's okay, but it's not okay. You know, you're not, you know, you're not opening up that Bible app just for the verse of the day. But I'm telling you, there is a danger because we'll be scrolling on whatever we're scrolling on. And then all of a sudden we'll see something that we didn't need to see, or we'll hear something that we didn't need to hear. And then our mind starts wondering, and then we start going to the places we don't need to go. We start looking at the things we shouldn't be looking at, listening to the things that we shouldn't be listening to. And he knew what he was doing going on that balcony. So David, but I'm, I'm sorry to get off these notes, but, you know, God really pressed this on my heart. But King David was, you know, he, he saw, he liked what he was seeing. And he asked, he had someone sent out to go see who she was. And they come back and tell him that she's a wife. She's a wife of Uriah. So he finds out he got caught up so much in his lust of his spirit, so much caught up in this, this flesh, that he decided to put Uriah on the front lines of battle to have him killed so that Uriah's wife would be his, Bathsheba. And obviously that he was put on those front lines and he was, he was murdered in battle. And this part of the passage I'm about to read you is Nathan the prophet has a few things to say to David. Then Nathan said to David, you are the man. This is what the Lord of the God of Israel says. I anointed you king over Israel, and I delivered you from the hand of Saul. I gave you master's house to you and your master's wives into your arms. I gave you all of Israel and Judah. And if all this had been too little, I would have even given you more. Why did you despise the word of the Lord by doing what is evil in his eyes? You struck down Uriah the Hittite with the sword and took his wife to be your own. You killed him with the sword of the Ammonites. And now, therefore, the sword will never depart from your house because you despised me and took the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your own. This is what the Lord says. Out of your own household, I'm going to bring calamity on you. Before your very eyes, I will take your wives and give them to one who is close to you, and he will sleep with your wives in broad daylight. You did it in secret, but I will do this thing in broad daylight before all of Israel. Then David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Nathan replied, the Lord has taken away your sin. You are not going to die. This is when the guilt set into David's life. He had realized what he was done, but it was too late. Uriah was already murdered. He was thinking that God was going to kill him for his sin, even when he deserved it. But let me tell you, there's no sin too great for my God. Because he's standing at the door knocking, waiting for you to come in. And you just lift your hands right now. Any guilt, any shame that you have in your life right now, it's not too great for God. David, he had someone murdered. No sin is too great. Just lift your hands right now. Oh, in the name of Jesus, wherever you're, wherever you're at in your house right now, just lift your hands and worship the God that is. The God that forgives and the God that will always will be. Just worship the God for everything that he's done in your life. Worship the God for bringing you to where you are now. There's no sin too great. There's no sin too great for God. Your spirit through me. 
heal from years ago. Just let it go. God is forgiving you. You need to let it go so God can move you forward. In the name of Jesus. It's time to let go of these sins of this world. Because we have a God that's coming soon. There's no more time to be messing around. No more time to be messing with this world. He's waiting for you. He's waiting for you to push forward and take that extra step. Take that extra step of faith and say, God, I'm going to put it in your hands. In the name of Jesus. Your spirit move through me. Here I am. Here I am, Lord. Come on, sing this to the Lord. Here I Where you at right now? Raise your hand towards heaven. Lift your voice to Him. I give it all, God. To you. I give it to you. Here I am. Hallelujah. Here I am, Lord. Here I am. merciful Savior, a God that forgives. David deserved death. But when the prophet, when the preacher said, David, thou art the man, he immediately fell on his face. Psalms 50 begins to come out to us where he pens those words that many of you have prayed before, created me a clean heart. Oh God, and renew in me a right spirit. Purge me with hyssop. I'm telling you, we've all messed up. We all have mistakes, bad choices that we have made. Some of you may have made them five minutes ago, maybe a year ago, two years ago, ten years ago. But whatever that is, there is an adversary, there is an enemy that wants to heap loads of guilt upon you to say look where you've been look what you've done look what you said look it's what he wants to do to make you feel like hey I don't deserve to be here I don't deserve to can I tell you for by grace are we saved through faith and that not of ourselves it's the gift of God every one of you Jesus Christ died for Romans chapter 8 verse 1 says this There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. I realize you have journeyed down the flesh. I realize you've done some things that tried to 
appease the flesh. But right now, you're making up your mind. I'm not walking after the flesh anymore. I'm going to walk after the Spirit. Some of you get in ruts, spiritual ruts, where you're like, man, can't feel God. Just, it's, it's a struggle to pray. It's a struggle to get into God's presence. Spiritual ruts. Can I tell you the best way to get out of your spiritual rut? It's not to get a hold of your phone and get on Facebook. It's not to watch the Terminator, I'll be back. But it's to say, you know what? I'm putting my body into subjection. I'm calling my body to prayer. I'm calling my body to fast. You start pushing down your flesh. As I'm telling you, the moment you declare, hey, I'm going to fast, is the moment all the senses start kicking into gear. But the way to get out of spiritual ruts is easy. Pray, fast, read your word. Get into the presence of God. There is no more condemnation to them that walk in Christ Jesus, not after the flesh, but after the spirit. God, we love you. So very thankful, God, for your presence. Thankful, God, for your word. We're thankful, God, that you loved us enough. For you said, while we were yet sinners, while we yet walked away from you, while we disappointed you, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Thank you for dying for us. Thank you for giving us a way out. We give you praise and we give you worship. In the name that's above every name, in the name of Jesus. Clap your hands under the Lord tonight. Stay tuned. Uh, we will have some uh, news about when we'll reopen. We'll reopen very quickly, and we'll let God move in. Also, musicians, music, sound, media. We've got Brother Kevin Daniel and his wife coming down to be with us August 17th to September 17th. One month of Brother Daniel and Sister Daniel here blessing us. Make sure you're a part of it. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.